0: Hello, welcome to another episode of Unpacking Neuroqueerness. Today, I wanted to talk about time blindness, which is something that is associated with ADHD, and I think it's one of the things that um, are most, uh, one of the most unknown or um, unheard of in when we talk about in the general world out there in terms of, you know, media and movies which tend to have very stigmatized presentations of neurodivergence from the start, which leads to, like, so much of the stigma that we have in society nowadays, but I feel like particularly certain aspects of ADHD, such as time blindness, there's not enough awareness and education about. Because I see a lot of ignorance on it. And what I'm trying to get to here is, I'm, I'm just going to use this one example of, well, first, okay, before I, I come out with any examples, I'm going to explain a little bit about what timeliness is. And I'm going to use an example of how it affects me personally. But of course, every neurodivergent person is different, and so time blindness is going to affect every neurodivergent person differently. But for me, it affects me a lot when I am trying to do something and I'm not looking at a clock, and I have to figure... Like, I have to do... If I'm doing something and it's in five minutes, and it's... You know, most most of the time, I will be able to check the time, which is good, but... So I'm going to talk a little bit about this one example in my acting training. When uh, we were... So the technique, the miser technique that I was trained in, um, the, one of the first things that you're told to do, one of the first exercises, is you, you do what we call preparation, which is before you go in to work on your scene or whatever exercise you're doing, um, you take five minutes um, to prepare on whatever essence, uh, whatever emotions your character is experiencing in that scene um, or in that exercise. So the thing is, like, because like you start preparing and you have to be, you can't be checking the clock. Because if you're checking the clock a lot, it's going to throw you off of your preparation. And, um, and so, anyways, um, I couldn't check the clock while I was preparing. So, I, and, and, and it's, it's supposed to be five, it's supposed to be five minutes, so, uh, I found it. I did catch myself a lot of times checking the clock, like towards the end of my preparation, because I would get in my head. Because if I, if I don't check the clock, I can come out of the preparation too soon, and then I end up waiting to come into the room because I have my partner's preparing in the room, and I can't come in before he's done preparing, or she's done preparing, or they're done preparing so so then i i either it's like too early, and then I kind of i lose the 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 juice of my preparation if I'm done too soon and I'm just waiting or I end up preparing for too long, and then my partner ends up waiting too long for me to come in um so that is just one example of like when you're not um when you're not when you have a d h d and you're doing a task, and you're not checking the clock. It's really hard to estimate, like how much time has gone by. Um, so that's one example of how it affects me. But now let's get into this example of something that happened on TikTok this week. Um, there was a young lady, that a young lady with ADHD that posted a video, um, actually emotional, talking about how she had been yelled at for discussing the idea of getting accommodations for uh, time blindness at her work. And, you know, these these are accommodations that do exist for people that struggle to be on time. It's a real thing that people are. They struggle with the perception of time. And there are accommodations where they can work remotely, they can set their own schedules, or let's say if they're 30 minutes late for work, they can take 30 minutes off of their lunch break. You see, there are ways to work around this, and I, I think per- personally the best way and what, what we learned in 2020 is that people can work remotely and set their own schedules, and studies have shown that people are actually more productive when they're able to set their own schedules, and I think this is especially true for neurodivergent people and neurodivergent employees. Anyways, this young girl was just, you know, talking about how she was really saddened that, you know, she was discussing the idea of accommodations, and, and she was just getting yelled at, and being, and she was told that she would never succeed, um, you know, without being on time, or whatever, just, just very gaslighting, you know, instead of, like, oh, well, maybe, you know, you could try to set your own schedules, you know, you can make it in a way that it, you know, make accommodations, uh, or or ask for accommodations that work for you, that you're still able to produce the same amount of work as your peers, but you're working in spurts. You're working um, not in a like a standard schedule like everyone else. Because everyone, uh, there's not everyone, but so many people seem to have this antiquated idea that that you have to work in a traditional office, in tra- but traditional hours. You know, with with all with other people and such and this and that, and there's all this very ableist office culture that goes on. Anyways, like we need to open ourselves to like the new world, the new realities, and different ways of being and thinking, and that means different ways of working as well, and allowing people to set their own schedules, um, and you know, not not necessarily be trying, you know. Trying to fit these molds that they don't really fit. You no, know, this is a huge thing. And um basically I was I was astounded that instead of getting support, when she was getting some but not no, it was she was getting mostly hate. I was just astounded. Instead of people like educating themselves and oh, let me learn about time blindness. Let's let's see how how can we make uh, office is more accommodating to people with time blindness. But no, everyone is just jumping on her and calling her lazy and, you know, saying that um she needs to try harder, that she needs to just be on time and just set alarms. And it's like, great, alarms might work well for some people, but not everyone experiences time blindness in the same way. And some people can't just fix the, the these problems with alarms. And, and we need to stop putting the blame of this. Because I see so many people, even disabled people themselves, with internalized ableism, saying that they need to change, that it's their responsibility to change, because that's what they're being told their whole lives by this system, by this capitalist neuronormative system. These, these systems that we have in place are constantly telling people that they, it's their responsibility, that they need to produce, even disabled people, that it's on them to change, and it's not. Quite honestly, in my very, very, very firm, solid opinion, and I many others agree with me, it is not the responsibility of the disabled person to change. It is the responsibility of society to be more accommodating to disabled people. Forcing disabled people to change is an an inherently ableist perspective. It is inherently ableist, and I was astoundedly disgusted by the amount of hate that I saw this young girl get on TikTok, including from progressives that you would think would be more educated and would be more aware of these topics. But no, it seems like even amongst progressive people in progressive cities, in progressive communities, ableism is so normalized. It is so disgustingly normalized. And I, and then there are people that are quick to try to justify their ableism when they realize it's ableism. And one of the main things that people threw out there trying to justify this was that uh, they had watched other videos from the creator, the original creator, that was asking for accommodations for time blindness, that she had, um, where she was expressing some problematic views in terms um, of abortion and LGBT rights. And I don't agree with these other views that she has expressed but that doesn't mean that we we can that that anyone has the right to discredit her disabilities and her need for support and uh as many say the the uh, uh, broken clock is still right twice a day and you know like we got to see this person as a person like they might have problematic views that we don't agree with i certainly don't agree with these other views that she holds but you know, she's a person, and she's disabled, and she needs support, and she has feelings. So, we need to honor that, instead of being so quick to jump on this person. And so many people have no idea what timeliness is, and they're calling her lazy, and they're gaslighting her, and they're mocking her. You know, instead of educating themselves on time blindness. And, um, yeah, it's just very, very, very frustrating to see how normalized ableism is and i will go as far as saying that disability rights and understanding of disability seems to be the very last priority in terms of of social justice in in amongst even amongst progressive groups um and that saddens me that saddens me deeply and it needs to be um paid attention to and discussed more and more openly as well I believe because it's still not discussed nearly as openly in my opinion Um, and we're only going to be able to destigmatize disability if we talk about it more openly so um, I'm a huge advocate for talking about it more openly. Um, Anyways, that's pretty much all I have to say for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time.